When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the Cardiff City podcast from Wales Online. I'm Dominic Booth in the studio with Nathan Blake. Afternoon. And Paul Abandonato. Early Merry Christmas to everyone. Oh, it's a bit oh, early for that, Paul. A bit wow. early for that. I saw a Christmas tree up in my street the other day. So, yeah. Was know. it in your house? No. And Chris- <laughs> Christmas has come early for Cardiff City fans as well, hasn't it? Three wins in a week. Brentford, Barnsley and Nottingham Forest. And today we're going to be discussing a little bit of that. A little bit of some comments from the likes of Kenny Burns and Mark Warburton about Cardiff's style. And ask a question, do Cardiff deserve bigger crowds at home? But only one place to start, Nathan, and that's Forrest. A fantastic 2-0 win, Mm. but one that's maybe put a few noses out of joint in the East Midlands. Um, What I'd say to Kenny and the rest of the gang, quite simply, is... (laughs) Because you're acting like children, to be honest with you. You can have your opinion... Granted, to insult somebody personally over a football match, I've been there myself, been insulted many times, whether usually it was about my colour, so don't go for all that. Take it on the chin, yeah? You're not what you were 20, 30 years ago. It's as simple as that. Cardiff on the up, Forest at this moment in time aren't, but football swings in roundabouts. What I can't believe is the nigh-on all-out attack on Neil Warnock. You know, whether you like the style of football he plays or not, it's down to the individual. But at the end of the day, he's not at Forest. There's no need for the slurs. There's no need for the insults. There's no need for the personal attacks. He's come up to your club with his team, playing how they play, and he's done you 2-0. It's as simple as that. Let me just read out the exact wording of Kenny Burns obviously a Forest legend that I'm quoting from what he said after Cardiff won to Neil against Forest. he said is it me or is Neil Warnock starting to look a little bit like Ken Dodd the only thing is I don't find him funny he might have enjoyed lots of success over the years as a manager and he looks to be doing the business for Cardiff but he's not my cup of tea I'm glad that he never came to anything talking about essentially going to Forest because I don't like his attitude or ways teams play it's just it's just sour grapes, isn't it? Some people like tea, some people like coffee, some people like Horlicks, some people like drinking chocolate. So, you don't like Neil Warnock? Hey, no problem. Do but I like Neil Warnock? Yes, I do. Do I think his style of football is Pep Guardiola? No, I don't. Have I seen some real bad styles of football at Cardiff recently over the years? Yes, I have. But is this one of Would them? Would I no? put Neil's above no. all of that? Yes, Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, yeah. Paul, um, there's a lot of teams in this in this division, in the Championship, who try and play football a certain way. We've seen 
passing teams come to Cardiff City Stadium and come unstuck. Isn't war not just proving there's more than one way to skin a cat, really? Well, I think it's Blakey's point, and it's an issue that we we don't disagree on much. Blakey and I actually, mm. but this is one I you know I would rather see a passing start. I'm not saying that about for, uh, about Cardiff, by the way. Let's make one thing abundantly. Let's go back to the sour grapes. Kenny Burns would not be making these comments about Neil Warnock had Neil Warnock gone to Nottingham Forest and had Nottingham Forest in the top two. He wouldn't be saying he doesn't like Neil Warnock's style of play. He would be loving that style of play. Um, the point I'm making is that Blakey says power and pace gets you out of this division and Cardiff have it in abundance, don't mm-hmm. they? With, with With the players that they've got. And Warnock knows this division inside out and he is doing what he needs to do to get a team punching near the top of the division. It's not for him Tiki Taka. It's rare that Tiki Taka can work in the Championship. It can. Bournemouth proved it. To a degree, Swansea proved it, but obviously they only went so far. They finished fourth, not um, not automatically qualified automatically. You know, it does tend to be. You know, to, to, we talked about this before that when you have the Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday grind that's relentless in the championship, you need power. Power, don't you? You You're absolutely the big do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need yeah. power. When listen, when I played for. Um, Bolton Wanderers and we won the league and broke records so myself and John McGinley were up front so you had guile you had pace skill and power in midfield you had either John Sheridan Per Franson Alan Thompson Per I would say and Alan good strong powerful boys Shez dirtier a bit more cultured but you had power in there, centre backs: Chrissy Fairclough, Jerry Taggart, two big, powerful, you know, eat granite. I used to say, you know, Gunny Bergson as a right back, another big, powerful player. So it it, but then you had we had little Scott Sellers and Michael Hansen on the wings, who were the, like the ticky tacker kind of footballers. Yeah, so you had a you had a blend, a mixture of everything really. You wouldn't look at Junior Hoylet and say. He's pace and power. You would see say he's highly skilled, he's powerful, and he's very, very quick. Mendes Lang, on the other hand, you would say he's pace and power mm. and skilled. Zahor, very much the same. Then you've got two, maybe three, big, powerful, granite-eating centre-backs. So my point is you've got a blend of a bit of everything and every promotion team needs it and every promotion team needs it what I would say to someone like Forrest is you're easily run over yeah so of all the comments whether you want Neil Warnock or whether you don't whether you'd like him or what you'd like to be a sat in Cardiff's position right now no doubt but I don't go in for all the insults and that I just look well, and I try and pull things apart and analyse them on a professional Basis, and I look at our our situation, and I look at Forrest's situation, and I say, where would I rather be, and who would I rather be managing my team? And you give me Neil Warnock every day and twice on Sundays. <laughs> there's, a, there's an important distinction to be made as well, isn't there, between a dirty style of play and a physical style of play? Absolutely. And what Cardiff play is a physical style of play, but it's tremendously effective, and they play good stuff as well. Listen, Dom, you can't not be physical in football. Teams who aren't physical in football are sat languishing right now mm. at the bottom of every division. Simple as that. If you're not going to be at it, the first thing a manager says 
when he comes on TV after a game is if we've won, we were quality, we were aggressive, we were strong in the challenge, and then we were able to take over with our skill or our passing game, blah, 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 blah. Or if we've lost, he'll say we weren't aggressive enough, we weren't strong enough in the tackle, we didn't win enough second balls. So all the things that you don't put down to a technical level of ability, it's just aggression. What level of aggression you approach this game with and physicality. So that's how important. They are the basic fundamental starting points when you go out on a Saturday or a Tuesday. So do you think what these managers, Mark Warburton, he said Cardiff were continually delaying the game? You had last week Dean Smith. That's game management, that's called. Of course. That's called game management. If Mark Warburton was winning... 2-1 2-1 and Cardiff were at them for the last 10 minutes there's no doubt he did is he so. saying that he wouldn't make substitutions is he saying that he would be asking his players to speed up with throw-ins and free kicks and cut? it's a part nonsense. of the game isn't it it's, it's losing you're fine people come out with a lot of nonsense my question was lose. going to be though um, these managers is what they're saying to the players in the dressing room after a game like this completely different to how they complain to the media about the referee oh yeah, the they won't be saying I, that I guarantee you he'll be going in and saying to the players, you got beaten up, you got physically over uh, overrun, you weren't strong enough in midfield, you were blah, 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 all the rest of it. But then come out and... Deflection, isn't it? Absolute deflect. Get the chest out, deflect the ball over to Neil Warnock and his team. They were too physical or they were over-physical or they were boring or they just played long ball. Or, Mate, thanks, three points in the bag, we're off. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bothered. Is it a concern, Paul, that that these are, are sort of recurring themes from managers? No, no, you, no, don't, you, not you think that not at all. Listen, I'm brought up on you know that the team that's really always been in my heart from childhood, even above Cardiff City, is the Italian national team. So because of my background, so I'm brought up on quality passing football. That's what I've always believed in. But you know, the reason. That, the reason it's not a worry that it's a recurring thing, Blakey, the reason it's actually a good thing is that it shows that Warnock and Cardiff are getting under the skin of the opposition. Absolutely. And that has to be a good thing. That's mm. not a, that's not a worry. That's mm. an enormous plus, is it not? Hey, well, you want to create an us and them. Mm. Me against the world. My yeah? question is, will Cardiff's reputation start to precede them? Will referees have in their head, this is Cardiff? No, 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 no. I don't think so. You can, ref the, you can only ref a game how you perceive it, you know, what you see, is it a foul, is it a foul. I seen a game the other day, I think it was Spurs, and they've all been going on about like diving and this and that and the new panel and he should have been done and the cargo should have been done and he shouldn't have been done and was it a foul, wasn't a foul with the lad from Everton. I seen a referee given a decision and say, I think it was against Spurs, and he said, oh, you pulled this shirt, I think it was Spurs at Arsenal. Yeah. And then when you watch it in slow-mo, no one's shirt got pulled. Yeah, it was a foul on um, Sanchez. Yeah. But you're just thinking to yourself, well, you know, you can only judge the game as it. You goes can on only, the yeah, he, yeah. He thought he's seen something that he, he's not. He's not gone out to cheat Spurs, the referee. He's just gone out and made a decision on what he thought he had seen. Now, when you slow it down, slow motion, isn't it's nothing there. Well, maybe a different question, Paul. Will other teams start to wise up and and know more about how Cardiff will try and beat them? Will they? play Cardiff at their own game maybe well 
Possibly. And play all that bad football, but, but long who's, ball. Sully <gasps> their hands with some dirty physical football. I, mean, I can only go on what I see with Cardiff. And I don't see them time wasting. I don't see them overly failing. Now, look, I, I openly admit I wasn't either Oakwell or the City grind. Mm. I can't openly comment on, on those. But on, from what I see of Cardiff, I don't see these things happening. Um, Paul, so it is a classic case. Trust me. When I, I've won that championship, uh, finished first, second, and third. Yeah. And what happens is when you're going away and you're beating people up, yeah, effectively, yeah, and running them ragged, yeah. effectively, the sour grapes come yeah. out every single time. There's always yeah. a reason yeah. why yeah. we lost. the The biggest thing getting in the people's skin is that they want to beat Neil Warnock yeah. because they don't like him personally, yeah. and you can yeah. hear that in what's been said. Yeah. So for him to come now, the one person you don't want to lose to. Yeah. And you lose comfortably. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. What can you say? Yeah. If, if you don't want to admit that you've been outplayed. You don't want to admit it. I've got to say, I've been at the city ground. Forest were well beaten and never looked like scoring against I've seen the highlights and to me, there was one team in it. Yeah, listen, absolutely. Listen, let, let's... let's um, Let's separate Kenny Burns' sour grapes and Mark Warburton, right? Mark Warburton's Brentford. I've seen them come to Cardiff City Stadium. They play outstanding football. Mm. I, I don't dispute that. I admire that greatly. Mm. In fact, Brentford, Blakey, they're the only team that I think I've ever seen in football. When Cardiff had a corner, they left four three. players at the pitch, okay. or three or four players at the yeah. pitch. There was a centre forward and two wide players. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking and thinking, what's Russell Slade going to do about this? It was his team. Yeah. Um, you know, so I admire that you could call it naiveness. So mm. I, I admire somebody who's prepared to be attacking, play football supposedly the right way. But you know, what's the right way in the championship? Well, if the you, right way is kind of City's way in the championship. Well, let's go back to what you said earlier about Italy. Yeah, Italy are known as a defensive unit. Yeah, how many times they won the World Cup? Three, four, four. Yeah, four times. Yeah, a defensive unit. Del Piero. Did you say he's defensive or one of the best attackers in the world? Yeah, he was one of the best, yeah. Roberto Baggio. As was Totti. One of the best players in the world. So uh, there's this... Yes, I understand if you're coming and saying, well, the premise they focus on is defensive unit. Yeah. Right, because in football, we say defence wins you titles. Yeah. Strike or score your goals, but defence yeah. wins you titles, yeah. right? Same yeah. in any game. Yeah. American football, yeah. your defence, if you've got a weak yeah. defence, your offence can be as good as it like. Yeah, yeah. But, so you have to have yeah. a good defensive yeah. unit starting point. Yeah. Do Cardiff have that? Absolutely. Is that what we've done and built, as Neil Warnock done that and build forward? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but what I would say further to that is he's actually got defenders, Manga, Bamba and Bennett, who are damn good on the ball for yeah, the yeah. are they not? Yeah. Oh, well, you love Bamba, don't yeah, you? Absolutely. Man- I would say Manga's even better on the ball. Absolutely. Right? Bennett is a very, very good left accomplished left shum- back. Right? You know, like, no one's going to... Does Hoyland protect- excite you? 100%. No does one- Zahor excite you? <laughs> you know the answer. Does Mendes Lang excite <laughs> yeah. you? Yeah. So does more excite you? Less so, but yes. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is, the you know, what team do you know has a balance of all highly skilled, yeah. all yeah. little ticky tackle football. Yeah. It, you know, I, 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 I just say, reiterate again. No, 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 no. And I would <laughs> take that's, be- the kids. that's beautiful. I would take that a little bit further and say, look, who 
Blakey's a newspaper columnist for the Echo, mm-hmm. for Wales Online. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to chastise Kenny Burns for, for having an opinion in the Nottingham hey, Evening Paper. He's welcome. entitled to it. But there's still an opinion and what tantamounts to what you're calling sour grapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and insults. And, 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 and insults. I don't like the personal I don't, see, I don't see you getting personal when you do our columns and you, you say an opposition manager looks like whoever. We're professional outfit, aren't we? Paul. Yeah, we. You it's, know, the, I'm it's, serious. it's the personal. Well, yeah, once you get personal. Yeah, once you get personal, you you, you may as well take everything out, out, else out of there because you're not giving, you're not giving a balanced view of what you've seen. You're letting your feelings override and your emotions override actually yeah. the, the the fact. Now yeah. those facts are perceived how three of us might see one game different way, but for. Both the Kenny and uh, what's his name oh, Warburton. Warburton to personally attack Neil. Yeah, I, I listen. You know, if 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 that's the way you do things, if that's you think that's professional, hey, okay, you just come from a different standpoint. Do I do? I think you analyze and you can critically analyze and still be supportive. Yeah. Many a times on the boot room, we've pointed things out that have been negative for Cardiff City. Yeah, yeah? we don't only focus on and pretend like it's all roses, yeah. right? Even this team, yeah. we've pointed out there's yeah. things that you know need to be straightened. Yeah. But we don't attack people personally. No, eh? constructive. I might say about Joe Rawls, Dominic loves. I say good player, but could do this, could do that. Yeah. It's not a personal attack on Joe. It's just I would love to see him then take his game to the next level. Simple as that. Can you improve? You know, I watched Lukaku last night. You know, what would I be saying to Romelu today? We need to work on your right foot shooting. Because it was blatantly evident that there was opportunities on your right foot that you didn't take whether, or you didn't shoot. So, Blakey, you're saying that these teams, like we said before, should be concentrating their comments after games inwardly on their own side. How absolutely. How do they deal with cards yeah. better? Yeah, what, yeah. absolutely. That's, that's the idea of football. That's how you improve, That's Dom. coaching, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Why, why do people, to take up on a point you made, why do people not like Neil Warnock necessarily? Well, I know Because he's won a lot more than he's lost. So he gets under your skin. Yeah. And he, he you know... He's not afraid to put... He doesn't want... Yeah, either. he's... He's what I call from sort of our generation, Paul, yeah. rather than Dom's generation, yeah. <laughs> where yeah. people said straight to your face. Yeah. There wasn't a case of, well, I'll go behind the corner yeah. and Dom and I will whisper about the yeah. situation. Yeah. And then when we see you, oh, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah. great to see Yeah. What you see is what you get. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he's been successful with that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's the is, other thing. Is the other thing yeah. that's... Uh, yeah, not really. Yeah, because let's be fair. How can anybody look at Cardiff City now? I don't care whether you're from Forest or yeah. Brentford or whatever. How can you look at Cardiff City and say it's not in a far better situation Absolutely. than it was pre yeah. Neil Warnock? The other point I make about Warnock and the fact that he does seem to get under people's skin and probably want to wind up on this, Don, but, but is that. You know when he came in and we, we all said, do you know what, him and Cardiff just fits like fish and mm. chips mm. or love and marriage mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it, mm. whatever analogy Getting you want to make. Getting hungry. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> and he said, my kind of club, my kind of people. That sort of ties in, doesn't it? Because Cardiff yeah. feel punching against the establishment in England. And well, all that. Or am I being a bit unfair? Yeah. No, 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 you are, you are. You know, you've got to understand, like when you're, when you're a Welsh footballer yeah. and you go into bridge, yeah. yeah in different clubs yeah. the first thing they do is attack if you be in a sheep you know what yeah, yeah? it's all tangage it is it yeah. is great yeah. banter yeah. Yeah. but there is an underlying element of yeah. have a fight your corner you're, you're Welsh we're English yeah right as simple as that you know I always say portray, uh, the portrayal of Welsh people and the media unless you're a bit dippy and stupid you don't get a, what I call a proper portrayal of us as Welsh people on TV, not but too often, it's not that strong thing, isn't Welsh it? portrayal of people. Like you look at some like Sir Anthony Hopkins, and you think, yeah, you know, they could never, you know, a Richard Burton, they could never. But the day to day is almost like seen as a comic element. Do you know what I mean? A comedian, you know, we're all a bit dippy, we're all a bit stupid, we're all a bit. So there's that element as well. And I've, listen, I've not wit just witnessed it. I've experienced it. You know, England, Wales, you have that in five aside sometimes. If you've got five or six Welshies in your team and five or six English or England against the rest of the world. or So, you know, it, it is tribalism, as simple as that. But like I said, I just don't think there's, well, I, no, I don't think, I know there's absolutely no need for personal insult. No. Look at your own backyard and see where the fault lies and yeah. try and resolve them rather than flinging, flinging mud and insults at someone who, let's be fair, has been in the game for 50 years. So whether you like it or not, the first thing you have to say is he commands respect. Yeah. If you don't like the way he plays football after that, hey, yeah. fine. Just don't be You so don't personal. have to like him, but you have to respect him. Anyway, we've had Hannibal Lecter mentioned in the boot room today. And the adopted Welshman, uh, that is Neil Warner. Uh, we're going to be talking about Cardiff City Stadium crowds in part two. Got a question for Blakey? Tweet us at Cardiff City Live. So this is something I've seen bubble about on social media over the last few days. Yeah. Whether this Cardiff team deserve bigger crowds at home and I think it's a really good point to make for our debate the crowds really disappointed me for the Brentford game and for the Ipswich game before that I'm sure Paul would say the same mm. I think this Cardiff side deserve better mm. um, not in terms of support the support is vocal and, and fantastic from the ones that are there Yeah, bigger numbers you mean the numbers should, should be bigger do you agree? Um, or they got to do more? no I don't think it's about the team so if you go back to uh, boot room of two or three years ago, you will view myself, Steve Tucker, John Dole talking about the situation what was with Vincent Tan. You think there's a hangover from that situation? It's not today. a hangover, mate. It's, I'm, I, I can tell you categorically, I know people who will not come back under this regime. No way, they will not. What needs to happen? And the problem is, the problem is, once you lose, I always say, losing a football fan is probably the hardest thing to do because they will literally die for the cause, right? And when you've got people who are that so ingrained, been coming for or been going for forty years, two years, twenty years, but every Saturday is dedicated 
some home, some away, some both, some both home and away is dedicated to their club, right? You have to understand that when someone comes in to your club and doesn't understand your club and starts to what was pull apart its history and almost disrespect the club's history, you have to understand the mentality of a fan to realise how cut how deeply that cuts. So to go back to someone who you know has hurt you that much is 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 not impossible. So I I I'm not of the opinion to say, oh let's just forget about it, move on. What I would say is the likes of Vincent Tan, Mehmet, Dalman, it's no good saying we've got you the manager and look everything's rosy. You've got a you've got to repair relationships, right? Me personally, if I'm chief executive at the club, I'm going out to every supporters trust that would have been right now. And I would have had plenty of open meetings in the Ronda, in Evervale, in Pontypridd, in wherever, open meetings in Cardiff City supporters areas where they can come and they can put questions to me. Well, Neil Warnock, funnily enough, holding a and a session and has done quite regularly in the Valleys, but you're talking about the, the Neil Warnock's not the problem. And the way right. the club's managed. Yeah, yeah. It was, and Listen, it's all rosy now because you've got someone who understands who can manage up and manage down, in my opinion. However, the hierarchy... It's no good Vincent Tan telling you he wants to keep the club or he doesn't want to keep the club, so that's kind of, we don't know. Is it for sale or is it, isn't it for sale? There's no good him saying and then turning up at one game. Fans want to see your commitment. You can't complain about, you know, an extra 5,000 fans not coming when the owner is not committed to coming. Well, I think what frustrates maybe is we have seen big crowds on occasion, people mm-hmm. who are prepared maybe to come back mm-hmm. for the odd game, but obviously don't feel, for whatever reason, they want to go every week. Mm. And it's not about enticing them with gimmicks. You, that's that's another part of the problem. It's understanding you've hurt someone. Mm. <laughs> really, it, it sound, might sound like over the top, but you have to understand, fans are like, they will literally die for the cause. If they lose on a Saturday, they go home unhappy for the rest of the weekend. And they say you can change your wife, you can change your religion, <laughs> you can change your politics, but you can't change your football team. There you go, there you go. Because it is like a religion, Paul? effectively. Um, I'd, I'd like to think what Blakey's saying is wider than Mark. It probably isn't, to be fair. Mm. Um, I think I don't think that any of us can really quantify how many we're talking about. Blakey's throwing in five thousand extra there, but mm. it's more off the cuff than with any. Mm-hmm. Don't think he means it with any science mm. there. So it could be ten, Paul. Like, it could yeah. be four. Or I don't it know. could be one thousand. We, yeah. we just don't know. Um, I think. Uh, can we just say? I think. Had the problems of two or three years ago never arose or never arisen. Yeah. And let's say taking over from Malky Mackay was was seen as a positive and the, yeah. the ownership kept the positive. There was no colour change, no bad change or nothing like that. And Cardiff were in the Premier League and had sustained Premier League status till yeah. now. Yeah. What do we think the crowds would be? Would we sell that stadium out every week? Close to, surely. So we would say there's Cardiff should have an average of about twenty eight to thirty thousand. And they're averaging right now what? Eighteen, 17, nineteen. 18? Yeah. 
So we could predict we're probably what between five and ten down on. Yeah, the question but, is, what more but, needs to be done but, but, but to get them back? Be, I mean, I, I've no doubt if Cardiff win the Premier League, they would sell the stadium. Yeah, you would. Every, yeah, every, yeah. Every week. Yeah, but I mean, with the proper fan, because um, some people would come just because it's Premier League football. Yeah, and I don't, as they did last time. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think you can get away from that. No, that's, that's just that's, that's the what, nature that's of the beast. Bring, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what brings people out. I think. I do think we are in times of austerity. Um, Mm-hmm. Cardiff is a unique city in the championship stroke, stroke football in general and as much as we've got four back-to-back Wales rugby games going on mm-hmm. a stone's throw away from where we're having this very podcast at the moment at the Principality Stadium um, and there are a lot of people who do like rugby and football and to go to rugby games costs an awful lot of money. It really I does. Football's I mean, expensive. Yeah, but the tickets are eighty quid somewhere, like that, something quid. on those lines. But then it's also the social scene that goes with the rugby, Nathan. Yeah, the drinking, you know, the food, yeah, and, the and, that. and I, I personally think that that's had a knock-on effect on crowds at this moment in time. I think for me, the key point will be the game against Fulham on Boxing Day at home. Well, I really would like to see a crowd approaching 30,000 for that game. It's a traditional time when you do Mm. get big crowds, and I think Cardiff have got to look for an exceptional crowd that Mm -hmm. day. And what happens from there on in? I'd like to see, let's get November out of the way. Maybe I'm making excuses for the club, I don't know. But I do think that the rugby has got something to do with it at the moment, at this Mm. moment in time. Mm. And I think it will have a knock-on effect for the Norwich crowd on Friday night. I really do. Mm. I don't don't think we'll see 20,000 inside Cardiff City Stadium. So would you accept then, because the rugby is an annual thing, that the same, and we've been in austerity for 10 years now, and would continue to be at least till 2025, so you could say another seven, eight years, would you say that because the rugby comes around the same time of year every year, the autumn internationals, then under the Six Nations, then uh, I, I ev- wait there. Let me just say every year the same thing and has happened or will happen. You will always lose a section of five to ten thousand maybe off your gate because of the rugby. Except if Cardiff are in the Premier League, I think okay. that's the game. That's why I, I think it's think, an excuse. And that. I think and I think when Cardiff were in the Premier League. I'm sure they were playing Man United at the time of the rugby, yeah. and of course it was a. Well, you get a thousand Man United fans in here, won't you? Yeah. But Paul, that's why it sounds like an excuse now for for the rugby to be the reason. I think Blakey's more on the mark of the reason why the crowds aren't there. Mm. I think the rugby is a bit of an excuse, and I think that Warnock's maybe right to say we're doing everything we can. Even the hierarchy are doing everything they can, supporting mm. the manager. A bit more money's going in. You know, Warnock's getting. Put the question he says he's getting there. everything that he, he asked for. Put the, put the question I out there. Think. Let them come into the yeah. boardroom and say, "What? What? Come on, boys, girls, let's have you know, write into the echo or email into the boot room reasons you honestly, those fans who don't attend, your reasons for not attending. Sure. And let's have a look if we get." 50 people giving us their reasons. Yeah, it'd be a helpful discussion. You, yeah. Right. My yeah. Guess, yeah. My guess, and it'd be helpful information for the club higher uh, Well, that's the my, whole my, point. My, my, but I, I feel that it's a combination of all these reasons. I really do. Um, and I know one Cardiff fan is on Twitter saying, oh, there's always excuses, there's always excuses, it's too cold, it's the rugby, you know. Well, you know but... You know, Cardiff can't really do much more at the moment, can they? Mm. They're flying away near the top of the table. They've got three wins on the trot. Mm-hmm. 
They have kept three clean sheets on the trot. Mm-hmm. Um, under those circumstances, you'd expect what a twenty-five thousand plus crowd for Norwich on Friday night. Yeah, I'll be, personally, I'll be surprised if, if we get that. I'd be yeah. amazed. I'd be amazed. I'd be I, well, I wouldn't be I amazed. Think, I, think I think a lot of people. Twenty ones, I would expect. Yeah, uh, do you think that's what Cardiff will get? I think I we'll probably get about nineteen, twenty. I think they'll get between eighteen and nineteen, but mm. we'll see. But I do think there will be a four-figure sum, however big that is, who are choosing to go to the rugby instead mm. this weekend. Mm. Um, so let's see what happens when November's out of the way. As I say, let's see what the crowd is for Boxing Day. Also, also, in these times of austerity, I would say, because I do take that as a point. And it is well, costly now. Uh, very costly. Is. I would say if I were, again, you know, I sound like I'm tapping for a job, which would mean I would leave this beautiful job, which I don't <laughs> want to do. But you could do both, I would mate. say if, if you're at Cardiff right now, you find things, you know, you've got a, a billionaire o- owner. And, you know, it's not, it's not charity, but charitable. So can you, when two and a half thousand of our fans are travelling up on coaches to wherever, Bansley, yeah. wherever, yeah. can you take away that cost for them yeah. as a club? Yeah. Yeah? Can you go and give incentives to say, you know, five schools in this part of Cardiff, this this home game, the next home game, three schools yeah. in the Ronda, yeah. mm. uh, next game, two schools. Are they the gimmicks in, that you, you but, say you don't but want to do? But, but they, no, but they're they not gimmicks. They're genuine. I'm, I'm saying I understand. If, if the chief executive come out and said, we understand, there might be several reasons, and we're looking for the reasons why. Yeah, and people come and say we've posed the question. People come and say just affordability, Nate. It's really difficult. Okay, so how can we help with that situation? You know what I mean? So that, that I wouldn't say I understand your point about gimmicky, and I said you know you don't want to do that, but it's a, it's just showing a genuine empathy then we are, we do care about our fans genuinely so we're trying to take away some of the burdens that might be holding you back from coming to a Saturday game yeah I think Cardiff as a city maybe struggles with well I, I'm a Man United fan I've made, made no secret of it but Cardiff struggles with having a lot of Man United Ooh, Liverpool yeah. London club fans living was, in the city it was so. always the case but I come back to the rugby again Cardiff is a unique city in that respect in terms of compared, there's not another team that you know you could argue all well, the London clubs because of Twickenham, but it's not the same at all, mm. is it? Mm. Um, not on, a, not the, on the scale of Cardiff. What, what about? Um, and I don't really have a view on this, Blakey, but I wonder if you do. What mm. about the fact that traditional traditionalists want Saturday afternoon three o'clock kickoffs? That's and, and Cardiff don't have another one until January the thirteenth when Sunderland come here. That would play a part too. Would it? I, I yeah, don't I don't. Yeah. I don't know how much how big of a part. Right. Yeah, they're, they're going because fight, if Friday you, night they're going fight even here. if you say you lose three hundred fans to that, and you lose two thousand fans to financial reasons, and Your you lose three thousand fans to Vincent Town, the right. past, yeah. you know, all of a sudden there's four and a half thousand fans. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it, 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 it is, is literally making about maybe it's a combination. It, of it, well, I think it will be yeah. no matter what. You all, you, you know, they're not all gonna. Come into us now and say it's one reason. Yeah. You're going to have a, a, a spread of different reasons, but you'll you should be able to see, you should be able to gauge the main reasons and then edge its way down from there. To play devil's advocate to that point again, Paul. Yeah. Leeds United came on a Tuesday night, 
maybe not a popular kickoff time for some, and the place was built to the the rafters, wasn't it? And it was a fantastic game, and they should all come back and see it There's another connotation of it, is who you're playing against. That's Leeds United, isn't it? You know, there's a lot of, you know, Fulham, there should be a bit of, there's quite a bit of, any London club, there's a bit of extra passion between Cardiff and the capital city in London. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, there's lots of, there'll be lots of, lots of, Different Factors, reasons, yeah. but you will have an overarching, I would have thought, main I'm just two looking or three. At, I've just got in front of me, Blakey, Cardiff's fixtures. It's the next 10 games, the fixtures for December and January. Yeah. yeah? And it is Norwich at home, Reading away, Hull at home, Bolton away, Fulham at home, Preston at home, QPR away, Sunderland at home, Sheffield Wednesday away, which is hard, and Bolton at home. Oh, we're not going to lose a game. There's an awful lot of games there where Cardiff can be in a seriously good position come February the 1st, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And what crowds could we... The reason I mention that is what crowds could we be seeing from February the 1st onwards? But will we? That's the question, will we? Well, we... It, and, and listen, we've attempted on the boot room several times to try and encourage fans to yeah. come back, right? We've done it yeah. many a time. Yeah. Neil Warnock has come in and tried yeah. to do it. But I haven't seen the club, and it's not. It's you've got to be active, and it might take you two years. It's all part and parcel of your overall philosophy. Yeah. That's that's I think what is failed to be recognised. When I say philosophy about a football club, it's not just how your team plays. It's how you are, how you want to be perceived with your fans. Almost, how yeah. yeah, perceived with your fans. How your fans see you. You've got to build. Uh, it's it's got to be united. It's got to be in unison. It's got to be. I always say to a it's like a, a triangle. It's yeah. got to be to a pinnacle, to a point. There's far more of that now than there was, though, isn't there? It, there is, far but more. it's it's still not enough. That, that pinnacle includes the pretty awful managers Cardiff have had, and you know, let's make no bones about it. Russell Slade's football and Paul Trollope's team were an absolute switch off, weren't mm. they? Now Warnock's coming and totally transformed mm-hmm. all that, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. So that part of it is adding to the pinnacle. But yeah. you know, and the gates are bigger now than they were, but you yeah. expect that. But it's, it, but, but I've always said they're my, still not Dave Jones Gates, well, are they? My thing has always been and I used to say when I play around and I've said it before, you know, Cardiff could pour forty to fifty thousand easily. Yeah. Right? Easily because the catchment area is huge, yeah. And the conditions are going to be right, Blake. It has, but the problem has been Cardiff have always shot themselves in the foot. Like I said before, only we could have a billionaire owner and things go so pear shaped. Well, if you look at Hull, they're in a similar situation. It seems to be the way it's gone at the moment. You know, you look at Everton, yeah, I was gonna say, I see the situation they're in having to go to Sam Allardyce to. To rescue them, it's, that's almost an embarrassment. Not that Sam Allardyce is good, bad, or indifferent. It's not about him. It's the fact that you're in you're in that situation when you've had someone like a Ronald Koeman. You know, European ambitions oh, to avoid like, relegation. It's like how does that happen? But how does it happen? If you're looking at forty, fifty thousand, like you say, Nathan, and a club with a troubled past, troubled owner, Newcastle United, and they still pull in huge crowds. Absolutely, but that's a one club city it's got no one to compete with no rugby as is Leeds United as is Leeds United yes and we we, no matter what we've always none of those places like as good as Leeds Rhinos are they'll never be Leeds United Mm. 
It's not. Yeah. It's not as, just... as good as Newcastle Falcons are, they'll never be Newcastle United. No. But in this country, this country yeah. we Rugby live in, is, is, you've is got big. the betrayal that the rugby will always be and has always been the number one sport. You've also got the fact that, that and I I doubt very much in Leeds or Newcastle you're going to get swathes of Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool fans. Yeah, absolutely. In Cardiff in particular, there's a massive following for Liverpool in particular, but also Manchester. Listen, I know Wolves massive. fans. I know Wolves fans. I know Car- Cardiff fans. I, mean, I, remember, I know Leeds fans. I know yeah. Newcastle fans. I know United fans. Yeah. I, I bet you if we'd done a, a survey of all the different fans clubs in and around Cardiff yeah. and the valleys surrounding... How many different clubs are represented within Wales? I bet you we'd be shocked. I remember jokingly saying that, um, although it was only semi-jokingly, that when Cardiff played Liverpool in the League Cup final, I remember thinking, do you know what, in pubs of Cardiff, I bet you there's as many people support Liverpool as there are Cardiff. And yeah. I said that semi-tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, but, yeah. So I don't think you get that in Newcastle. Yeah, at least, one of my best, well, my best mate is a Liverpool fan. Has been since we were kids. Yeah. Well, you have to. The other thing we've missed out, I suppose, not suppose, what we have missed out. We've talked finance. We've talked the ownership. Yeah. We've talked playing style. We've talked management. What we haven't talked is success. Yeah. And failure. Yeah. And what those two do. Now, we haven't been successful as in a top, top trophies, professional, top of the league. Top six for what? Hundred years almost. Ninety years. Mm. Yeah, eighty years, ninety mm. years. Mm. So success drives that. You know, can you imagine if between okay, take Liverpool stint out of that twenty odd years where they were unbelievable, or Man United, and put Cardiff in. Mm. Cardiff's a capital city. Mm. What you have is fan bases popping up all over the world. It's, that's what success does. You want to support? And that's modern football. Yeah, I want. Yeah. I watch boxing now. I want Anthony Joshua to beat everybody because he's the man. Yeah. You know, I you know I like Dillian White, but you know I I'm thinking people are attracted to success. They're aren't attracted they? to yeah. the number number one. Excellent debate, boys. Um, time for a bit of Ask Blakey in part three. You're listening to Blakey's Boot Room from Wales Online. Our first question for Ask Blakey this week comes from Caleb on Twitter. Caleb, he great says, name. He says, call. love the podcast as well, so thanks for that, Caleb. He says, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Neil Etheridge. We've been struggling for a solid goalkeeper ever since Marshall left, but we seem to have found a definite keeper now. Um, and also, will will this mean that Lee Camp just remains out of the picture? Caleb, great point. Because Etheridge, I don't think he's everyone's favourite, but what I would say is... Over the past three months, and you do always have to give people time to get into their role, get in their feet, get feel comfortable at home, get your home life settled down. I always say we only ever focus on the footballer, but around that footballer, just like Dom, around you, so much else is going on that none of us in this room know about. Well, it's the same with the footballer. So Caleb makes a great point. I think Etheridge is a stayer, is a keeper, personally. Start of the season, he was rocky here and there. I don't think he was ever where we were saying, oh, no, he's just not. He just made one or two mistakes here and there, but he's gradually 
become what I would say. I think he he is the best keeper now, simply on performance because only he's performing. So if only he's keeping his place, you have to say, well then, no one else is deserving well, of it, is it? He can't I mean, be unseated. He, he, you know, even if Camp was fit at the moment, you wouldn't have thought so. No. Three clean sheets in a week. Yeah, Paul, you've been a, a little critical of Etheridge on the podcast in the past. Um, is he? Convincing you otherwise? I haven't been critical of Etheridge. I've said the jury's out for me on Etheridge. Is the jury still out, there's or is a, it coming back in? There's only one David Marshall. Well, but he's not at the club anymore, Paul. And we've got a keeper who's doing solid work without him. I'm just saying that that once you've been got the barometer of David Marshall, it's hard for anybody to match up to that. Etheridge is doing as as well as anybody I've seen mm. to to try to bridge that gap. But there's only one David Marshall. A true, true legend of Cardiff City, magnificent goalkeeper who I thought at times was impassable in goal. So if David Marshall became available in January, would you be swapping him for Neil Etheridge? Paul? Oh, great question! Let's go question that. Is yeah, it? yeah, but let's take a hypothetical well, of course, answer. <laughs> of course, you would swap. <laughs> yeah. David Marshall hasn't been playing for Hull this season. Oh, Etheridge been. Keeping clean sheets, you're one making, of the best teams in the league. You're making this sound like criticism from me of Neil Etheridge. There isn't. He's pulled off some outstanding saves. The jury is swaying far more in his favour than it was before. But Marshall set a barometer that very few Cardiff City keepers will be able to. Uh, Gavin Ward. To raise the bar towards, including Gavin Ward. Nathan, is the presence of people like Bamba, Manga, Morrison, does that make it so much easier for Etheridge? Uh, it's never easy. I think. Is that a really I think what it does in? is it, it obviously helps because you're all you're a unit. So what you're trying to do is build, you know, the keeper confidence, good shot stopper, good for crosses, bloody bloody blah, centre backs, good strong, good aerial prowess, good on the ball, full backs. So you, you you're just trying to build. So I don't know. I I, I think. I always think you've got to give people time to settle in. Sometimes it takes them a week, sometimes it takes a month, sometimes it takes a year, sometimes longer. But I, I feel like Everidge has been a, and will be a very good keeper. I don't think you can look at David Marshall. I remember David Marshall, despite what Paul says, how great he was. I remember David Marshall, for me, was a very nervy character when he first was at Cardiff. And... You know, he was he, he didn't give his back full confidence at all. You know, but what he done over the years, he grew into that confidence and grew into that goalkeeper that we all remember how great he was. Right? So I think Paul highlighting is only one David Marshall and saying but saying, yeah, he's like the pinnacle of recent times of goalkeepers we've had. He's where you're trying to get to. I would say, is Etheridge in a better position after, what, five months, four months, four months, than what Marshall was after four months? Well, i let Paul answer that, because I think <laughs> I know the answer to that. I can't remember. It seems Marshall's been at the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I would say, I would put... Okay, so personally, I would say Etheridge has uh, gathered that momentum and, uh, and is in a better position after... Four months yeah. than what? Agree, well, I agree. Well, I was say, as, as I have been asked a question, what I would say, there's two things here. One is um, Etheridge is a very good shot stopper. You'd expect Etheridge, you'd expect a goalkeeper to be a good shot stopper. Um, I do like the fact he comes to 
commands his box, which is a rarity in modern day goalies. That was that was a criticism of Marshall, and, and he will make he will make mistakes doing that. And as and when he does, I think we've just got to accept it because mm. I would rather he comes and dominates. You know, you know, I saw a goal the other day where the ball goes across the six-yard box and straight into the net. I'm mm. thinking, I think it was Casper Schmeichel for Leicester. Mm, I think, well, what the hell is he doing? Mm, mm. Come and punch that ball away. I remember. However, will will Neil Etheridge attain the heights of David Marshall as a Cardiff City goalkeeper? I hope so. Do I think it will happen? I think there's only one David. Marshall. The season he le- the season Marshall left. I remember at the start of the season he making a mistake because we were on the boot room talking about it, and I remember. People saying, "Oh, I, you know, he's made a mistake," and I and I was saying, "He's worth ten to fifteen points for the club over the course of the yeah. season, so we'll make it up." Yeah, and by the end, I think I remember them playing Bristol City, and he pulled off—I'll never forget—an absolute point blank, worldy from a header, right? And I was right in saying, over the course of the season, that one mistake which might have cost you three points. He will gain. He will pull back at least twelve or thirteen for you over the course of the season, and it's proved right. So no doubt you know, bar set, but, but I would say Etheridge is ahead of where Marshall was at the same stage in the career. If you're measuring, excellent. Well, a quick one for me before we go into our predictions, and I want to ask you, Blakey, about the Christmas schedule on the horizon uh, and how the games are just going to start piling up as they have been already really but yeah. notoriously difficult period as a player how do you deal with the relentless nature and you know you can't tuck into turkey sandwiches like the rest of the yeah. rest of us and all that sort of stuff can, that- I, can I tell Blake what the fixtures are they are over for, Christmas for Cardiff yet yeah, Bolton away on the 23rd yeah okay travel back to play Fulham at home on Boxing Day yeah nice break for three days before <laughs> Preston come to Cardiff. Yes, that's a nice Christmas. And then around. it's and then it's that's on the Friday and then it's QPR on the Monday, which is New Year's Day. So that's as easy as it comes. Not who you're playing, but where you're playing travel, and travel. travel. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're only going to London. Yeah. There's an initial trip to Lancashire. A London so. coming up. Yeah. Lancashire to play Bolton, Bolton, Bolton to originally, but that's before the Christmas. With, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Bolton at the bottom of the table. Yeah. Yeah, well, which really saddens me. <laughs> right. Uh, but then you're home against Fulham, you're home again Preston. against Preston, and then you're away to QBR, yeah. so only up the M4. Yeah. I think that's as easy as it comes, to be honest with you. Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. Right, quickly time for some predictions. Friday night sees Norwich, out of sorts Norwich, has to be said, come to Cardiff City. We're expecting another passing team, we're expecting some more pretty football, but are we expecting a similar result to the past three games? They're a strange team. Very well, hard to gauge. They've yeah. tried to copy the sort of Huddersfield model, haven't they? Yeah. With Ex-Borussia I, Dortmund coach. Yeah, I don't know where... If you said to me, Nate, predict where you think Norwich will end up this season, they could end up bottom three. They could end up top four. I really... Listen, I've watched them. I've not watched them 90 minutes, but I've watched highlights of them. And I... Dom, they're a really, really difficult team to gauge. They, They are. But, you know, do I think 
our consistency and our confidence off the back of the last three wins should lead us to a win. But I don't think it'll be a, a run over. I think it'll be a tricky game because I think it's the kind of game that you've got to think your opposition want to come now and take your scalp because you're seen as a high roller. Right? So they'll want to come and take the scalp so they're not going to lay down and die. So... I don't know. I'll roll to win the one. I'd say it's going to be a very difficult game, and I, my prediction would be for Cardiff again to probably nick a one nil or a two one. But I think it'll be a difficult game. Is there a danger of the bubble bursting, Paul? Uh, Will it have to burst at some point? You can't, can't. The run can't winning. go on forever, can it? Well, I'd say, well, it can. I'd say the opposite and repeat what I said two weeks ago that it hasn't even started yet because the main man hasn't started firing yet. Mm. So no. David Marshall doesn't play for Cardiff anymore. Very good, though. Very good. Kenneth Zahora, I mean. Zahora hasn't even started yet. He really hasn't. There was a little bit of an initial pop gun at the start of the season, but it's been quiet since, and he remains Cardiff City's main man. So, Is he fit yet? No. How long do we have? Still struggling. He's had an operation, Neil Warnock says. Oh, if he's had an op, that can go well. Two ways. I don't see I don't see the bubble bursting as you put it because I think they're too defensively sound for that to happen. Like Blakey and I was going to make these points. I was actually going to ask you, Dominic, as our championship expert in here. I don't <laughs> understand why Norwich are not rampaging away in the top five. I, I thought think... I would have thought they've got enough talent there, but maybe I've got it wrong. No, they've got they're, talent. That's yeah. what I'm saying. They've well, got lack of consistency. Of yeah. So yeah. I, I so can't yeah, either. But. They could come here and win 3-2. They could. They could come here and win 3-0. If we beat them 3-0, would I be surprised? No. If they beat us 3-0, I'd be a bit surprised. But do I think it's out of the reckoning? No. That's what I'm saying. They're a, I'd like I don't know where they are. Like Maybe they are in transition, Yeah. having that management. Because they've gone from Alex Neal, who would have been... Don't want to prejudge without being inside. But I would have thought... His style of football is one way, and maybe they're trying to move to because yeah. Norwich traditionally have always been a footballing yes. team. Yes. Right? So maybe they're going to that situation where they're trying to build something which is going to last rather than, you know, success for today, get up, get relegated, you know. But we're coming yeah. full circle here back to stars at play, aren't we? In that that style of football hasn't worked against Cardiff and because on, of on many occasions this season. Listen, I, let me say this. That style of play can work 100% in any league, right? Now, I always say, one of the best teams I've ever seen was the Invincibles. Did they play football? Damn tootin'. They played great football. Man United in the mid-90s, 2000s. Did they play great football? Yes, they did. Liverpool. Did they play group? So all these you know, clubs who have like great history... I've all done it playing football, you know, against teams in the days where, you know, you had people who could chop you in half. You know, King Kenny would play, he's not the paciest player, but he played against the likes of player who would cut you in two, you know, wouldn't give it a second thought. But they played football, they played football. So I always say, to. that's what I say, you have to have the fundamental of the physicality and the aggression and then the football comes later so Nathan's saying narrow Cardiff win 1-0 
Yeah, I'll go 1 0 2 1. Paul, tie you down to a scoreline. I think we have come full circle because I can see Norwich coming here and possibly dominating possession. Mm. But on a cold Friday night in Cardiff with Warnock having the crowds whipped up behind the team as per normal, set piece domination, that sort of thing, I think Cardiff's power may prevail and they may win it 2 1. Mm. With a warning, warm up well, fellas. Because this is hamstring season. Uh, yes. This is I thought you were talking about season. me in the stands. <laughs> you um, thought you were just sitting down, Dom. <laughs> it's already gone, mate. Um, well, I think that Cardiff have actually won these last three games without playing to their best. I think mm. they can play even better. So I'm going to slightly outlandishly say a 3 0 win over Norwich. Wow, I think Norwich out sorts and Cardiff are very much love in that, form. Man. Love that. Brilliant. Well, thanks both of you for your contributions today. Thanks, Caleb. Thanks to Caleb for a great question. And uh, thanks, Paul, for backing David Marshall's corner so nicely. Uh, We'll be back same time next week with another Blakey's Boot Room. For now, remember you can listen to the podcast on Wales Online, on iTunes, where you can subscribe as well. Uh, But from the three of us, thanks very much, and we'll see you next week.